Howdy. Before we begin today, we just want to send out a big thank you to new patrons of the show. Your financial support is going to help us to keep this train rolling. If you're listening to this today, June 15th, be sure to tune in tonight at 8 Central. Follow at Texas Podcast on Twitter and join the conversation because we are going to be live tweeting our reactions to Texas Rising. Without further ado, here's the show. Well, I would like to see a buddy cop movie, Bigfoot and Coffee, and it'd be like, waka chicka, waka chicka, waka chicka, waka chicka, ba dum, ba dum, ba dum. Howdy. You're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share our views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkowski. And I'm Scott Elfstrom. I'm Sean McIver. Today, we continue our discussion and review of Texas Rising, Part 4. Vengeance is mine. But first, what's your favorite monster truck that has performed in Texas? Now, let me stop you right there. It makes a uh, cameo in the amazing film, Take This Job and Shove It, and that is the original Bigfoot. I don't... Sorry, I never had the pleasure of seeing the original Bigfoot but I did go to one monster truck show and had the the pleasure of watching Gravedigger completely trounce the competition. So I'm going to go with that. Gravedigger. Hmm. Well, I've seen both of those, uh, Gravedigger and Bigfoot, but I have to say the ultimate monster truck is the true monster, Truckzilla. That's pretty good. We're tired. You're tired. The Texans and the Mexican army don't seem that tired. This must be... Hours 7 and 8 of Texas Rising, Part 4, Vengeance is Mine. So let's start like we have for the last couple of weeks and do a quick recap. The fighting the day before, the early cannonade skirmish with the Texans and the Mexicans, is nearly a disaster for the Texans. Uh, Houston is going to demote Sherman to the infantry, and Private Lamar gets promoted to his spot. Mosley doesn't have much to say other than, you know, just doing his Crispin Glover stuff. And uh, he thinks that they should just tempt Santa Ana into attacking them. But Houston, he has other ideas and he starts to study the grounds. He sends Steve Smith and his rangers off to cut off Santa Ana's line of retreat at Vince's Bridge. All right. So Santa Ana, he thinks he's got the Texans where he wants them. He sends his cavalry off to go guard Vince's Bridge. And then he tells the rest of his men to just go get a good nap. And then he and Emily have a very sexy picnic. It's like Game of Thrones, except he's wearing pants the whole time. <laughs> Were those CGI pants? I he don't know. I don't so, know. Yeah. While the, the Mexican army is taking their break, uh, Manuel Flores makes his way back to the Texan camp, and he tells General Houston that the Mexican army is having a siesta. Uh, this is exactly the break that Houston's been waiting for. Houston pulls together his council of war, including the Secretary of War, Rusk, and initially he puts Juan Seguin in the back with his Tejanos because he wanted to make sure that his Anglo troops didn't shoot them by mistake. Uh, Seguin shows his loyalty to the Texas cause by demanding that he and his men be in the front line. Houston orders all the Tejanos to put a playing card in their hats to or pin them to their clothes so they won't get mistaken for Mexican soldiers. Um, I didn't understand yeah. that part because the Mexican soldiers were all wearing uniforms, but you know, I guess it, I guess it makes for a nice story moment. Well, there were some Mexican soldiers wearing that, that were not wearing uniforms. They were ah. Tejanos fighting for Santa Ana, but I guess there's only 52 <laughs> Tejanos in this army. We got one um, deck of cards between all of us. 
yeah so so that's that's just funny it was like the tejanos don't make an appearance at all except for once again in manuel flores and then all of a sudden it's like we demand to be part of this army well you haven't been part of this army the whole right. time you see these two mexican um, guys don't shoot them <laughs> they're on our side. three mexican uh, people okay so so Lorca and his men they ride into the camp and Lorca is of course ray Liotta and his beard and uh, they ride into the camp all hot and bothered, and they're going to go kill some Mexicans along with the Houston's army. And they actually yes. use the word Mexicans. So, Deep Smith and his men plant uh, barrels of gunpowder on Vince's bridge. Uh, it looks like Vince's causeway yeah. when you see the show. <laughs> they uh, set the yeah. charges, but one of the fuses is cut off by a Mexican soldier who discovers it. And then uh, Brendan Frazier does his best Aragorn, and he charges onto the bridge, shoots the charge, and blows it up, but barely escaping and uh, catching the whole a whole bunch of the Mexican army on the bridge. Yeah, and and he gets but, wounded too. Yeah, he gets shot. shot. It's a very it's yeah. a very silly. Yeah, but scene. it'll take more than one bullet yeah. and a couple of barrels of gunpowder to take out Encino Man. Exactly. You can freeze him <laughs> in ice, literally, and he won't die. So Houston then leads his yeah. men out onto the prairie outside the Mexican camp, and then back around a giant rocky outcrop in the middle of the marshy plains uh, to feign retreat. Um, the geography isn't right, um, but I believe that's fairly accurate as to what actually happened. Houston's army sweeps through the hills of San Jacinto to attack the Mexican camp. They charge crying, remember the Alamo! And that's all they say. <laughs> that's, that's it. it. Yeah. Uh, Santa Ana by this point, has finished his sexy time with Emily and is taking a nap. Um, as soon as the cannons fire and battle is joined, he heads right for the fighting. Emily picks up a gun that she had hidden and tries to shoot him for killing her brother at the Alamo, but she shoots Santa Anna's giant mute eunuch manservant guy instead. <laughs> yeah, Poor Hoder. This Hoder. show's Hoder. Hoder. During the fighting, Houston's first horse... Gets blown yes, out from under him, I guess, by a cannon shell. Right, by a cannon. But uh, Mosley uh, is wounded. His hand has been shot, and he gives Houston yeah, his I horse so gallantly. Like, oh, Mosley's not a complete jerk. Then also, Ephraim Knowles, he's the deserter from earlier in the series. He's played by Jeremy Davies. He tries to run away from the battle, but he tramples a Mexican soldier who's trying to kill uh, Thomas Rusk, played by Jeff Fahey. And this makes him a hero for some god-awful reason. But yeah, he's he's suddenly a hero now because he saved the life of the Secretary of War. And then, right after that, Shooter McGavin chokes a dude out. Right. Well, he, but he also makes <laughs> finger <Yeah>. pistols. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so that's that's uh, Christopher McDonald. We we've been calling him Shooter McGavin, but it's Christopher. He's McDonald a great actor. He's, he's playing a lot of stuff. Shooter yeah. McCarns. Um, yeah. Playing Henry yeah, Wax Carnes. Yeah, he's been he's been playing Henry Wax Carnes, who's one of our favorite Texas history. Say the Anna then. Jumps on his horse and charges through the battle fighting. He uh, shoots Houston in the leg, and then he rides away. Yeah. And then about 10 minutes into the 18-minute battle, we take a commercial break. <laughs> right. And this really happened in the battle. So in the real battle, they paused for Let's commercial pause consideration. For the cause, gentlemen. Then- <laughs> Smoke them if you got them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like the 18... Okay. I don't want to get on a soapbox with the... The pivotal 18 minutes of Texas history. Couldn't History Channel have just sucked it up and gone through a commercial break just just for that time? Exactly. So there's more fighting and killing. Lorca shows up and he's gone into bloodthirsty berserker mode. The rest of the Texans are bloodthirsty too. 
Uh, Houston is carried off the battlefield, and Rusk tries to restore order to yeah, the men. Yeah, should have started keeping yeah. notes and marking down how many times I heard Sam Houston say ceasefire. It was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. Uh, Jonathan Skage, who uh, we love, Jonathan Skage, and he plays Sidney Sherman. He seems to be the only person to actually remember Goliad because he says it when he executes a Mexican prisoner. Um, Santa Ana escapes the battle and finds his way to some nearby hidden caverns in this coastal lowland swamp. Um, I don't know if there's any residents of Laporte, Deer Park, Channel View, Pasadena, any of those people out there, if they know where these caverns are or if they just threw something at their TV at this point. I think there was an Astros game (laughs) on at the same time, so I think they were probably mostly safe. Uh, So Santa Ana takes the uniform of one of his servants, and uh, he ends up getting captured by that lovable plucky kid who pranked Sam Houston. Wah, yeah. wah. We, we yeah. know the gun will work, though. So if he <laughs> decides to shoot Santa Ana, then uh, he will die. And and so who was, I, I kind of missed it, but the servant that he found in the cave. That was who one was of that? Santa Ana's um, prize cock handlers that took care of his birds. And now for the comedy. Uh, the scoundrelly rangers, uh, uh, Ephraim and uh, Vern and Beauregard and Cletus and I don't and, remember uh, It's Bumpkiss, yes, a bunch of them. Dog, dog patch. They and all Bumpkiss. get in there and find <laughs> the loot, and they say, "We can't keep yeah. it." They find it. They, they they consider it. They find Santa Anna's tent. They find Santa Anna's tent, which has a wooden floor. And a hidden chamber underneath that yeah. floor. Yeah, and then they do like the old gag where they put the rug over the hole in the floor and Christopher McDonald, uh, Henry Carnes comes in and he falls into the hole. It, it, the whole thing is like <laughs> arsenic and old lace. Like it's really like old farce. It's a little, a little slapstick. Yeah, very farce. A little slapsticky. Uh, okay. Yeah. So then Houston is um, up on a stage <laughs> yeah. in a bed on a cot, <laughs> and he has yeah. he has this intuition about this uh, this really good looking prisoner that they bring in in, in servant clothes, uh, and he hears some of he's the only one who hears uh, a bunch of the other prisoners calling him uh, El Presidente or uh, El Excelente or something like that, and then uh, in this pivotal scene of the real life story. Santa Ana tells Houston, you have captured the Napoleon of the West, and it's completely underplayed. Yeah, you just played that more <laughs> dramatically and more pronounced yeah, actually, than that you show You have did. captured the Napoleon of the West. Yeah. He says it sarcastically, yeah. but in the real history, yeah. he did. Okay, but this is just yeah. a recap. Yeah, it's like, yeah. like that's, yeah, they, like they basically just yeah. start startling each other. Actually, what he said other, in that so, scene was, was why were all of your, he calls in one of the colonels, and he says, why were your men saluting this private? So he didn't actually hear him say anything. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it's. Um, but in the the real story is yeah. so much more intense and uh, in in yeah. wonderful. So uh, Lorca shows mm-hmm. up at this particular moment, and he decides he gets to kill Santa Anna because that's his whole point in life. Uh, but Houston stops him. Lorca threatens to shoot Houston. But uh, Houston's army, even the ones that don't like him or just wanting to shoot Santa Ana or hang him, back the general. So Lorca rides off. Not happy. The beard is unsatisfied. Yeah. yeah. So Deef Smith, he has had an attack of the consumption during the battle. And uh, he's collapsed on the field. And then his horse finds him. 
but it's gone lame. It's got a wounded leg or something. So he has to put him, put the horse down. And it's just very sad. Very, yeah, very sad. Well, any, you know, like I, I think we feel really bad anytime an animal yeah, is killed. But that is a very important part. Yeah, so the, very important moment in Texas history. I'm glad they included that. Yeah, that they, they, they killed, they killed a puppy, they killed a horse and, the Twitterverse was just infuriated. So, um, well, the doctor who's treating Houston says he has to get him to New Orleans to get this ankle treated, and uh, then they they load Santa Ana into a paddy wagon. Which where they got a paddy wagon out, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so they have this weird lumber based paddy wagon. They also uh, they put him in this cage, and then Houston kind of gets up behind it on like a like a bench seat behind it, so that they can yeah. have a. Like, it was very much like a Silence of the Lambs, like. <laughs> Hello, Clarice, <laughs> kind of moment. <laughs> yeah. Although Houston has a good line, and he says, Santa Ana's j- saying something to him, and Houston says, well, you're the yeah, one that's in the ki- chicken cage. So that, that, was a pretty, that was a pretty funny line. Uh, um, so they now before he leaves, Deef Smith shows up. He walks into the camp, and Houston sees him right, right as he's getting on this paddy wagon. He orders Deef Smith to go home. Even though Deef doesn't want to go, and he sends him sends him off, and he tells his rangers to go off and find Emily and get Emily and has her. been captured by one of the Mexican officers who is treating her cruelly, and he's keeping her nearby, um, you know, somewhere he could get within the same day, which just happens to be also forty seven miles outside of Victoria. So again, they're um, <laughs> playing fast and mm. loose with geography here. Yeah, in yeah. the hills of Victoria. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The, the, the mountains um, of Victoria. About the same time, Lorca comes upon a camp of seemingly innocent Tejanos and murders pretty much all of them, uh, including some children. Uh, his men aren't happy. Uh, the men that have been riding with him, I guess, have had enough of that. And they save an orphan from Lorca, and they leave him. And then one of the dying Tejanos shoots Lorca, and Lorca may or may not die at this point. So uh, then we cut back to Victoria, or a somewhat approximation of what Victoria looked like. (laughs) Uh, A cut to Victoria, where Bigfoot and Jack are, and uh, then they get to uh, protect Victoria from the Comanche attack. Or, you know, it's not Victoria. It's something that, it's like a, Mexican city stand-in for Victoria with mountains in the background. But, But hooray, they're heroes! Yeah, this is the first time I think they've called the town Victoria too. In the whole, in the previous yeah, I, I was seven hours I didn't know of if that this was supposed movie. to be Gonzalez or what. In any case, it's not really no, it's, less than a day's yeah. ride from the San Jacinto battleground. So, no, we'll, yeah. we'll get into that later. <laughs> so maybe you've seen the movie Django Unchained. Maybe you haven't. But Santa Ana and General Cause are now kept in a cage in this plantation. Uh, this weird southern creepy plantation with uh, it's and they make it seem like you know just a horrible destitute dungeon they're stuck in um and then santa anna cribs a quote that philip sheridan would say 30 years later yeah he says uh yeah if i if i had if i own texas in hell i'd rent texas and live in hell which phil sheridan yeah. said during the yes. reconstruction and if if you were a history teacher or knowledgeable history and you were watching at that moment, you instantly took to Twitter <laughs> because there was yet another flurry of what is going on here. <laughs> and now, apparently, Sam Houston makes it to New Orleans uh, in time for Mardi Gras or some sort of big party before Deep Smith makes it home to Victoria. Mm-hmm. 
when he arrives, it looks like there's this big party going on. And we were like joking about, well, they should throw beads. It's, it looks like, it kind of looks like Mardi Gras going on. And we're like, um, so I went to the Google and, and Googled it. Uh, Ash Wednesday is February 17th. So it was a very early Mardi Gras. Like Mardi Gras was wrapped up like mid-February that year because of the calendar, <laughs> the, the whole Linton calendar that year. So like, you know, if it wasn't like, yeah, yeah obviously it's a celebration of Houston, but they just yeah. kind of like, well, it's New Orleans. Let's have what I was beads. wondering is why they were celebrating the win of the Texans at San Jacinto in New Orleans. Yeah. They just <laughs> found out about it on the internet, I guess. <laughs> News travels fast oh, in boy. this world. Look, yeah. So, so we cut back and Lorca has survived. The beard protects him, I guess, from being shot. In the back, <laughs> through the chest. Um, so anyway, he wanders into a church in Victoria. I guess he's managed to make it to Victoria, uh, where they're having a baptism of a Tejano family. And but the power of Christ and a kindly Tejano woman tames his rage, and she has him sit sit down. Uh, and and he's his rage is spent. So I guess he waits in church <laughs> for a couple of months now, because the next scene you see him in. The little the the pretty wife of Thomas Jane's character, who had been stabbed through the gut with a spear, she's recovered enough to be praying in this church. Uh, so he's just he's just been sitting there for like the time it takes to recover right. from a gut. Well, you know, it's simple math. It's a distance equals rate <laughs> times time. So you know, you figure how fast a person can if a person can walk uh, two hundred and fifty miles an hour, they can easily cross this distance in, oh, in yeah. just a few days. It doesn't have to take months of walking distance. <laughs> uh, well, last part the the ra- last part of the episode is the Rangers then go to Victoria and they ask Deep Smith to help them rescue Emily, and uh, there's this whole thing where he he decides to do it even though it's clearly the consumption is killing him and this will be his final and last ride and and his wife doesn't want him to go but he makes a whole big speech about dying in the saddle and you know not dying in a bed yeah. like like you know although you know I I don't know so um. So that is that is yeah. that, and we are exhausted. Eight hours of this is making us a little bit cuckoo. Um, well, yeah. let's jump into what I like to call egregious errors. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the first big error, of course, is their battle cries. They say, remember the Alamo, and leave it at that. Um, you know, historically speaking, the actual battle cry was "Remember the Alamo, remember Goliad." The two were went together. It was inescapable. They were, and and in many ways, Goliad was more poignant and more uh, yeah. pertinent at the time. Like they, that was a clear atrocity that they were trying. Right. To I mean, that's the, the whole thing is that Goliad was like, "Oh, okay, we surrender. Okay, well, you're pirates and we're going to execute you anyway." I mean, the Alamo was we're taking a stand and going down fighting. And you feel, I mean, yeah. historically we've talked about it in the past when we talked about these episodes, you know, Goliad, we ju- you just feel really sorry for those guys even more than the Alamo because you know, they thought, "Well, we're out of the fight, but we're surrendering, so we're giving up." And then just to be have all of them cut down is just horrible. Look, here, we're gonna. I'm gonna hammer on this one more time. Geography is spelled with the letter G, a big capital G. <laughs> you can't have a coastal marsh by you, and underground caverns. 
The soil is soft mud. If you did have an underground cave that didn't collapse under the muddy soil, it would be flooded with seawater. It would be an underground, underwater cave. And if you... Because, and, yeah, because this is, this is ground that's at sea level. And if you did have a cavern, like it would... <laughs> if you did have a cavern <laughs> and it was dry, it would have to be pressurized. And so Santa Ana would get the bins when he came up out of there so fast. Like, you would get caissons disease, like early, like bridge builders. Um, it's just, it's wrong, 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 wrong. The soil's wrong. Again, it's yeah. like, we think they went, I think, I, like, I think they went to, they found a really nice golf course in Mexico. They pulled the pin out of like hole number four and said, all right, we're going to shoot here. We got some ducks in the background. It looks kind of marshy. Let's do this. Yeah. Maybe it's just I, I did have a note I was watching and literally I was writing the note and I was like, you know, at least the geography of the battlefield isn't completely implausible. There's some marshes, there's some forests, the rocky outcroppings are a bit much. And I was like, but at least it's pretty plausible. And then like the very next scene was Santa Ana crawling into a cave. So I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Who what? left a cave here? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Maybe that's where the Battleship Texas was hiding also. I mean, look, it's one thing if you're watching a film, and like a, just a movie, like a fictional film, and it's like, well, he's holding the coffee cup, and then when it cuts back, he doesn't have a coffee cup in his hand, and then it cuts back, and he's holding the coffee cup again. And, the, you know, that, and you're like, eh, that's okay. This is like, again, egregious with a capital E and geography with a capital G. Yeah, so what, what else did they get wrong, Sean? Uh, well, I mean, I can guarantee you that Santa Ana did not shoot Houston <laughs> in the leg. Um, it just didn't happen. It did not happen, period. Almost every account of the battle has Santa Ana's sole action in the battle being to yeah. run for his life. Um, and uh, Alamante, who was one of the generals, did try to rally the troops, but Santa Ana did not come charging through in a, on a horse, swinging his sword and fighting bravely. He was a very brave person where he, where, he, where he knew he should be, but he knew he should, the discretion was a better part of valor in this situation. And he tried to get out of there uh, because the battle was, he, he was very smart. He knew that the battle was dead, was unwinnable yeah. even from the beginning. So he did yeah. not so, shoot Houston in the yeah. leg. So they played who that up for the it? drama. Yeah. And then after the battle, they also played up the drama of Houston and Santa Ana meeting. Um, in the actual history, um, that meeting was played out underneath an oak tree near the battle site. There's a very famous painting that pretty much lays out that whole scene, and that painting has been held up to be fairly accurate according to historical accounts. Um, and it, history tells us that they had a very calm discussion about the events that led up to the battle. It was not the, the tense standoff between uh, Houston and his army and uh, Santa Ana about to be executed. Well, I think, you know, here's the thing. I think what happened is, I've been thinking about this a lot. <clears throat> there, there are makeshift showers. There's like tents. There's all this ornate set stuff. And there has to be some kind of conspiracy going on with the union set construction people <laughs> because they must be like, well, what happened here? Well, we need a, what do we need for this scene? We need an oak tree and we need uh, Bill Paxton and we need a blanket. We're going to put a blanket over his lap. And what else do we need? That's it. And they're like, no, hang on, hang on. Look, I got 22 guys. We've got miter saws. We've yeah. got hammers, nails, wood. We're going to come in here and construct something because we, this is a union shop. 
and we need to build something. <laughs> We're going to build an old timey, like 1930 stage from the music man. We're going to put some banners up. We're going to put them on a cot. We're going to elevate them. We're going to get some fluffy pillows in here. I just, I th- yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it was like a rock line stage, <laughs> like a dais, so to speak. I was like, like all you have to do, like they, like, did they intentionally just not even like, I don't know where that painting is. Is it in the Capitol? Yeah, so yes. it's like, did yeah. they not just it, come? It, it's a place in Texas that anybody can it's go free. to. It's free, you can free, and you walk up and see this painting of, I wonder, <laughs> geez, I wonder if anyone in history ever documented what this scene looked like. How could we recreate it for the screen? Yeah, yeah <sighs> it, was, it was a little disappointing yeah. not to well, see that. I was um, hoping to see a live action version of that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Santa Ana did, at this point in his life, he, later in life, when he lived in America, he spoke some English, but he did not speak any English at this point. It was actually translated by Lorenzo Zavala's son, uh, who apparently Santa Ana embraced and said, you, your father is my friend and is my amigo. And even though he was like, had a, <laughs> a worn out for his execution. Well, go find, still, listen, if you want to hear about, yeah. about Zavala and the injury, go find like the Tejano heroes of the Texas Revolution episode we did, because those guys, they really, they put their life on the line and they were uh, amazing people. So not right. documented in this yeah. show in any capacity at all, but. Yeah. Yeah. Now it is clear that, that people did want to kill Santa Ana. They did want to hang him and Houston's reasonings reasons and Rusk's reasons for keeping him alive were clear. Uh, but they did come across in this scene, but not very well. It was just, it was played just entirely the wrong way for dramatic effect hmm. with a capital D. <laughs> Acting yeah. and something else that they kind of messed up was Sam Houston's ankle wound wasn't particularly life threatening. Um, he couldn't walk immediately after, and he suffered kind of the effects of the wound for the rest of his life. But there wasn't ever much thought that went into amputating. Uh, of course, nineteenth-century doctors would probably take off a limb for a splinter. So, who's to say? Yeah. And I mean, if you go to Huntsville today and see like all of the pictures of Sam Houston are mostly of him as a statesman and he's wearing the vest and he, he stands with a, a pretty regally with a cane and, and it was just, he had to walk with a cane for the rest of his life. That was the long term effect of his wound. But, you know, and that cane came in handy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. had this thing for years. No, I don't that know what I, I just have it. <laughs> Well, I guess it struck me as odd that it seemed like everybody in this show, except for D. Smith and Houston, had the healing power of Wolverine. Because, I mean, so many people got shot and wounded and were then up and around. And, like, Brendan Fraser got shot that morning at Vince's Bridge. And by the battle, he's, like, jumping on people and climbing in trees, shooting people with bows and bow and arrows. He got shot in the arm. And he's shooting people with a bow and arrow. But but Houston, they make us. They made a point in the first episode about Emily, like was treating his wound from wound from the War of eighteen twelve that never healed. So he has no healing. Oh, power. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, I look, yeah. I, I sent. I know I sent an I am straight to Sean as when I saw like the insane paddy wagon that they put Santa Ana in. Like the treatment of him is like <laughs> you know we're gonna this scoundrel. Let's throw him in a hole. And in fact, he was a head yeah. of state and he was treated with respect. And uh, so the, the whole plasma plantation thing was ridiculous. Burnett, uh, President Burnett tried to send Santa Ana back to Mexico 
Uh, but then there was a group of late coming recruits who missed the battle. They stopped the Texas Navy from, from returning them home. They stopped them at the boats. So then he actually went to the mouth of the Brazos and uh, there's a family there called the Phelps and they had a plantation and he stayed with them for a while and they treated him very kindly. Uh, they, they, you know, had a bed for him and they fed him and all that stuff. Uh, and mobs on several occasions came to the house, but, uh, the, the Mrs. Phelps, the woman of the house talked them out of hanging him. And, uh, you know, as a turn of that kindness, her son was part of the Mir expedition and he was captured and Santa Ana freed him and sent him home as in repayment for his family's kindness when he was kept there. So again, it's a weird thing of like. You know, you don't see Darth Vader like being like, oh, you lovable little scamp. Go on home. Yeah. And again, from a filmic perspective, this this plantation, this whole show has been filmed with a sepia tone, very, very like dusty looking and and brownish. And then this scene in this plantation is dark and gray and oppressive. And it's like that just it, it doesn't fit. It doesn't It's like the terrible Superman it's, movie. <laughs> Yeah. Superman four, the quest for that peace. One yeah, happy. that was terrible. So we mentioned the bridge that they blew up near the beginning of this episode. Um, Vincent's yeah. Vincent's bridge is a real place. It was a real bridge, um, but it was actually burned uh, by Deef and his men. It was not uh, blown up. Um, it does cross uh, Buffalo Bayou, I believe, uh, or it did, but Buffalo Bayou isn't really a very big river. And the bridge certainly was not a big causeway-looking thing like this was. Um, so that that whole thing <laughs> yeah. was exaggerated. But uh, you know there was a bridge there, and it did get burned down to prevent right. the Mexican army from receiving reinforcements or escaping it, easily. It looked like a Roman aqueduct. <laughs> yeah. It looked like in the show. a causeway yeah. or something yeah, made of like stone. It, it looked like a railroad stretched on for a good. What it looked like. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it, it does. Was, it was ridiculous. Yeah, there there were no stone structures like that in Texas, except for like the missions in San Antonio. Yeah. It was pretty bad. But the interesting thing is, yeah. So if you go, if you look on a on the San Jacinto battlefield website, there is a Google Google uh, map uh, of the battlefield, and if you zoom out, there is a marker for Vince's Bridge. It's about what about 15, 20 yeah, miles it, away. Yeah, I think uh, so. it's over in Pasadena. It's in Pas yeah, it's it's right in there. It's near Pasadena High School. So and that's a that's a good distance from Laporte. Okay. Well, so that also also I mm -hmm. want to point out there there is no such thing as a San Jacinto, Texas. It was called the Battle of San Jacinto because it was fought in a place where the river San Jacinto flowed into Galveston Bay and where Buffalo Bayou flows into Galveston Bay. So it could have very well easily been called the Battle of Buffalo Bayou. Or the Battle of Galveston Bay, but it just happened to be the San Jacinto battle. But it's but they they say at the beginning of the show San Jacinto, yeah. Texas. Well, like right. there's no such and then, thing. And if it's you go a real to thing. today, it's actually the Houston Ship Channel runs right alongside it. And it's well, and it's in Laporte. They established yeah. in the very first shot of the very first episode that uh, subtitles are not their strong suit. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. At least they got the date right this yeah. time. Yep. Okay. So. Look, we're sorry, History Channel, that we're beating up on you guys so bad. We're sorry that you did such a crappy job in seventh grade Texas history. 
Yeah. If you want to change your name to Historical Fiction Channel, then we won't beat okay. you up so bad. So let's do this. Let's talk about some of the good stuff. Now, like every dark cloud has a silver lining. And I think that there's some things that we can find in here that actually little nuggets of historical accuracy that demanded to be heard despite all of the bad stuff. <laughs> um, look, let's just start with the fact about the, uh, you know, once again, demanding that he and his Tejano soldiers being allowed to fight. That's 100% historical. That's a documented fact. And uh, Houston did say, well, pin these playing cards to you. You know, if, if a man sees a with a playing card pinned to his hat, then, that, you know, that was something that really happened. And uh, Seguin bravely commanded one wing of the infantry during the battle. And that's why yeah, there's a Seguin, I, Texas I think, today, by the way. I mean, because this guy was a hero. Yes, yes. yes. I, I think... You know, Scott, you said earlier, you're like, well, that 52, the, the card thing. Well, I guess that's kind of weird. The The problem I have with all the inaccuracies is it makes the things that really happen that are extraordinary like exactly. this seem unrealistic. And, and, it, and so when you have, like I said earlier, it's like they get the things right by accident. And, and again, it's the, the things right become discredited by all the things yeah. that are so very, very wrong. I do want to point out that they did in this, um, they had the correct flag. They had the the flag with the lady on it. Okay. So mm -hmm. they yeah you you did see okay, it good. in there. They also had the other one. I yeah, think. But too. in the the opening of this, and as they were mounting up to go into battle, they were riding around with the the correct Texas flag. The yeah, liberty or death. So you've you've pushed the redemption bit. needle a little bit over to yeah. the left. Yeah. Real. Kudos to the one prop master who figured it out <laughs> on day sixty seven <laughs> yeah. of shooting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the other thing is the scene, while we don't know if there was such hilarious comedy involved in, in the action, uh, the cavalry, uh, Texas cavalry did find Santa Ana's tent and they did find $12,000 worth of silver uh, in his tent. And this was brought back to the camp, and it was split up among all the soldiers that That's were there. That's nice. So that really did happen. I don't know if there was any pratfalls or buffoonery going on with it, but the, the, the fact that they, they did find a lot of money, which they really needed. To, well, so. you look, I mean, they portray it as... They, they, they kind of, they portray it pretty well in this show. Deep Smith did have consumption. He was dying of consumption. But, uh, you know, there's absolutely, we don't, we don't see any, we have no historical record that says he actually collapsed or had some kind of attack or had, you know, had to kill his horse shortly after the Battle of San Jacinto. We just don't know. Yeah, in fact, the early legend of Deep Smith was that he actually chopped down Vince's bridge by himself. So he was he was even very early on held up as a uh, as a paragon of a hero of Texas, like a superhuman hero of Texas. We really like these actors. <laughs> we like their movies. We like their performances. We think that they're 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 giving it their all. And you know, <laughs> yeah. we wanted to like this show so badly because we love <laughs> Texas so much, and it really it it hurts to be this mean. But you deserve it, History Channel. And so we're doing it for all of you out there who love Texas history. And that is why we're such big haters. Yep. But I, I will say again <laughs> that I'm really, really looking forward to the premiere this fall of Bigfoot and Coffee, the Texas Ranger buddy movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So this is our opinion. But uh, what do you got to say out there, world? And here's some of our second opinions. So, uh, 
Some yeah, here's some tweets and other stuff we've gotten in about the show. At Heart of Texas, Heart MD, the historical accuracy of Texas Rising is amazing. When they produce America Rising, Washington will cross the Delaware on a jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Steve Backer says, why is that Geico a sponsor of Texas Rising? Any historian will tell you that Sam Houston used that state farm. The show has so many inaccuracies. <laughs> yep. um, I particularly agree with the next one. Uh, the Texas State Historical Association tweeted, The true story of Emily West, a.k.a. the Yellow Rose, is dramatic enough without embellishment. Um, and it is. And there's a link that they included. Uh, we'll remember to uh, put that in the show notes. To I believe that's to the official Handbook of Texas Online page page Mm -hmm. about Emily West. A lot of Mm -hmm. good info there. Right. So, Kenneth J. DePew said, The mountains around San Jacinto are lovely this time of year. Hashtag Texas Rising. (laughs) San Jacinto. Yeah. San Jacinto. Yeah. So, yeah. Santa Ana is the only person that pronounces the San Jacinto like Mike does. We're we're quite, we were quite (sighs) pleased to. Point that out to him. <laughs> uh, so I really like the one from Angel Solero that said, "Oh my God, why hasn't Knowles just run <laughs> off with the apple dumpling?" Game? Uh, him and Don Knotts, oh. they'd make a good pair. Um, yeah, G Dog seventy four says, "Sam better get his leg healed fast. He's doing Huntsville to pose for a statue." Hmm. <laughs> what uh, G Dog doesn't know and we'll get to at some point is that the sam houston statue is actually the corpse of sam houston that's been enlarged and uh, petrified <laughs> in a secret process yeah no yeah. that's true at cc carter 520 <laughs> said they should have killed santa anna would have been true to the series since they got everything else wrong quote my wife hashtag texas rising <laughs> so thanks yeah. cc carter 520's wife uh, so then also, C.C. Uh, Carter 520 said, Houston to Victoria, 125 miles. Houston to New Orleans, 350 miles. But Sam got to New Orleans before Deef got to Victoria. <laughs> I get it. Editing. <laughs> God. Uh, um, so Mary Neal said, oh, Lord, my Texas history teacher mom just fell out of her chair in disbelief regarding the hell Texas quote. Texas rising. Well... You know, what are you going to do? It's just history, and you're quoting other people and attributing those quotes to other historical yeah. figures. <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, and it's, yeah, yeah Ma- Ma- Mary, saying, it's like uh, you said ahead. earlier, Sean, it's like all the little inaccuracies make the, the real things seem less plausible. I, I, I yeah. told somebody who was talking about this show, and I said, you know, this is death by a thousand paper cuts. Except it's actually done by like 10,000 <laughs> yeah. paper cuts. Like I'm literally getting paper yeah. cuts from all the notes I'm making about how these things I've are gotten, wrong. I've gotten paper cuts on my paper cuts. Yeah. Ma- Mary Neal, she actually had a, quite a few uh, live tweets from her Texas history mom, a Texas history teacher mom, and and they were very hilarious. So a shout out to the Texas history moms uh, out there. We love you and we, yeah. we empathize yeah. with you. Have watched Don't this watch show. this, children. <laughs> all right. I, I saw at least I saw at least one one tweet from someone saying, "Well, I won't be showing this to my seventh <laughs> yes. graders." Now, our uh, friend of the show, um, Jeremiah at Jeremiah, he says, "I guess he gives us a list of 
the uh, the show and all of its sequels. There's Texas Rising, Texas Rising Messiah, Children of Texas Rising, God Emperor of Texas Rising, <laughs> Heretics of Texas Rising, and Chapter House Texas Rising. That one goes out to all the nerds. <laughs> Kudos to anybody who yeah, can get through that sixth book because it is a beatdown. Yeah. yeah, so the last one is from Boston Dave at 2015, and he says... Texas Rising is actually the prequel to Cowboys and uh, Aliens. So that's that's a perfect sign off. There you I go. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, yeah. Okay, so uh final thoughts guys on Texas Rising part 4. The battle scene was great. If they just hadn't had to cut out 15 minutes of it for a commercial break. I mean, I timed it. It was 10 minutes literally 10 minutes into the into the battle and then Five minutes of commercial break. Yeah, so. I would have liked it if it had been real time. So they would have just said like, you know, attack. And then it would have been like, Geico presents. And then, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then it comes back and it's like, <laughs> yeah. whew. You know, I got shot in the ankle. And, you know, the Mexican <laughs> army's been destroyed. Yeah. And we caught old Santa Ana. Good thing. Yeah. <laughs> like that would have been, you know, that would have been like a nice little jump cut. And we'd be like, okay, we we're clearly out of budget at this point, so just play, play along. I, you know, it's like we've, we've talked a lot about how much we enjoy the the actors and their performances. So I'm I'm finding the moments to enjoy where I can. Um, I really do kind of enjoy the chemistry and the general um, presentation of Bigfoot mm. and Coffee Hayes. That you know they're they're not very accurate historically <laughs> speaking, but it's it's kind of a fun little interaction. Kind of them that whole part of the show and Ray Liotta's beard part of the show. If you took those two pieces out and put them in their own fictional shows, they would be interesting, but they just are pretty incongruous in uh, Texas rising. Well, I would like to see a buddy cop movie, Bigfoot and coffee. And it'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like a seventies style, like TJ hooker, eighties TJ hooker thing. Why not? Why not history channel? Let's make up some other history. Um, You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's sad because it's, it's such an opportunity to really present people with an honest view of what Texas is and why we're so proud. Like people don't get who aren't from Texas. They think we're kind of nuts because we're just so Mm -hmm. darn proud of our state and our heritage and our history. And they just don't really get it. They don't understand the depth of it. And I think some people kind of get a glimpse of it or understand aspects of it. Uh, I'm looking at you, Phil Collins. I know you feel me. Yeah. Um, but, well, do you, do you think that, do we, I wonder if we think that if one of our European friends, like think of Texans as ultra Americans, like, like how, how America, other Americans look at us Texans and our not so fascination with ourselves. Do Europeans, um, our friends in England and France think of Americans? They probably look way. at us the way that like we look at the Irish or something like they're like, this is a little <laughs> niche part of this other big world. And they still speak Gaelic yeah. and they do like, you know, and they're, they're just, yeah. they're rooted in their culture and they're proud of their culture. I think, I don't know. It's just, it, I think people think we're like a little blowhardy, a little too proud of this thing that we call Texas. And, you know, I think if you knew the real story, if you understood what's drilled into us as children to say, no, mm-hmm. these are your forefathers and this is what they fought for. And this is the sacrifice they made for you and understand it. 
but it isn't made clear because we talked about this in the last episode. You know, there's a this Mad Max movie is ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. By the way, History Channel ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's essentially just a chase movie. It's just one big chase across the desert. Mm-hmm. Had they just made this about the runaway scrape and taken everything else out and said, let's just show people they're burning their homes and running away from this encroaching army led by a tyrant who is executing anyone he finds as a pirate and that they're just taking every it's taking every fiber and scrap of this leader sam houston to keep them alive and just i just have to get them to the east side of texas so i can save these people and i can save this country and and i can build this thing that we've all put our lives on the line for if they just told that story and told it with passion and heart i think that we would we would be you know we would be standing on our chairs and cheering when these moments of true history and actual bravery happened i don't need to see somebody blow up a fake stone bridge yeah and and i i'll go you one better and i think that the more pivotal character in the show should have been once again absolutely because he's a fascinating character he is represents the dichotomy of this movement and of this time and he should have been a more prominent far more prominent character uh in the story what? i would have sacrificed Lorca, the coffee and bigfoot thomas jane all of those people for someone uh, I, the actor who plays who plays him is fine but someone of like who's the guy that's in fury scott the the oh, t- I know driver you're talking about. I don't know who played caesar chavez off the top of my head yeah, I, I would have I would have liked to have seen that character, this, the once again character, as more of a focus on this show. And then you could have a more complex story where you don't just give some lip service, a couple of lines to, well, the the Tejanos are the te- the Americans don't like the Tejanos. Instead, you could really draw that out and have that front and center, that conflict and that tension there. It would have been a much stronger show, but they didn't choose to do that. And so I think it. It, 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 it makes the show. Well, that's weaker. the thing is that all of us in this, you know, this project for us has been this weird passion uh, to really, you know, uncover what it means to be Texan and what our history really is and where we all sort of come from and how all of us and our families got to Texas all happened in very different ways. And I think every Texan can say that. But, you know, it's that famous bumper sticker is, you know, I wasn't born Texan, but I got here as fast as I could. And I think, you know, we all sort of feel like this, you know, we we not only celebrate Texas, but we feel very protective of her. And we're proud of this heritage. And, and to see this sort of thing of, well, you're, you're telling the story wrong, and it doesn't really explain who I am. Because if you asked me who I am as a Texan, you ask any Texan who they are as a Texan, Texas Rising doesn't represent our story fairly at all. And it disenfranchises mm-hmm. a great number of people who made huge sacrifices for what Texas has become. <laughs> so get it right, History you, Channel. You have you have about two more hours <laughs> Fix it. to uh, um, redeem yourself. Let's see what you can do. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this better be a humdinger of a finish. Yeah, I, I'm not sure where they're going from this point. They're going to show Chris. Okay. Chris Christopherson's going to yeah. chew the scenery for a while. <laughs> well, I don't mind that actually. He's a Texan. <laughs> I get that. I get that. And I'm fine with that. But I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, that's all the preview showed was, is, is uh, where's it going to come? But uh, 
Yeah. All right. Well, uh, it'll be grisly. Whoo. So we're tired. We know you're tired. There's only two more hours, folks. We can do this. So if you're listening to this right now, you need to get on Twitter and you need to follow at Texas Podcast. And you need to be watching Texas Rising live tonight because we'll be on there live tweeting. We'll be looking and retweeting interesting things that you have to tell us. Let's keep the conversation going. And let's really, uh, you know, and if somebody from the History Channel wants to contact us and be on next week's show, (laughs) you can contact us at at Texas Podcast. You just get on there and you just drop us a line because we are happy to talk to you and find out what the heck went wrong. yeah, so go grab yourself a six pack of Shiner or Lone Star. Something in from Texas. Hey, crack even, into it. how about a, how about a weird Texas. microbrew from the Deep Ellen Brewery? You're one of those kind of guys. Yeah. All right. We'll see you tonight. Thanks for listening. That wraps things up for today. You can find notes and links from today's show at brainstaple.com. We want to hear from you. So like and share us on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast. Or go to brainstaple.com and leave some feedback. You can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com. If you want to support the show financially, go to patreon.com slash Texas podcast and sign up. It's super easy and we super appreciate it. You can follow us individually too. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Java. And I'm Scotticus. I'm Max Sean with two N's. You love Texas. I love Texas. You love this show. We love this show. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies, tell anyone you meet, and then go leave a review on iTunes because that helps us to find new listeners just like you. Spread the word. We hope you'll join us next time. And remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway.